Wonderful. Well, we are in week four of our Soaking Sunday series. And who has had an incredible time in praise and worship and the Word? And uh, it is just such a great way to remind ourselves of the presence of God in our lives as we start this new year. In the first two weeks, Pastor Chris talked about how the Holy Spirit is alive and active in our lives. And it's not just for ourselves but for others. And then last week, Nathan talked with wit and with wisdom about making spirit-led decisions. I was in C3 Kids last week, so I caught up on his message and I was sitting in the line in Victoria Park laughing and trying not to it myself because I've been in the line for three hours. <laughs> oh, it was funny activated almonds. It was very funny. If you haven't haven't listened to Nathan's message, please go back and listen to it. And today, on January 23, we are going to explore one of the most popular, most quoted, and yet most underrated pieces of scripture, Psalm 23. We are going to uncover what it means to be led and hosted by Jesus every step of our journey. Let's pray before we begin. Our Father in heaven, thank you for giving us your word, which leads us to grace and truth. Thank you for your power, your grace, your provision, your protection, and your rest. Thank you that today we humble ourselves and let you take the lead. Thank you that we can trust you. Amen. Now, Psalm 23 is beautiful and powerful, no matter what uh, translation you read it in. But today, I'm reading it from the New King James Version. It says, and feel free to close your eyes and let this wash over you, or you could read along. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amazing. I think if even you are loosely connected to Christianity or watch a lot of movies, you would have heard these words. And unfortunately, I feel like this psalm has been reduced to words connected to a funeral scene or attached to the dusty frame cross-stitch on grandma's dining room wall who's, who's, who's been there. That was us. There was a cross-stitch. But it is so much more than this. It is one of the most powerful pieces of Scripture. This passage is a personal invitation to be led and to be hosted by God every day of our lives. And after a crazy couple of years, I know this is the kind of invitation I want to accept. To be loved and led through the rocky and deadly patches to, to lie down in safe and beautiful places, to be protected, to be lavished upon generously, to never walk alone 
and ultimately have a place with Jesus forever. What a promise. And David, the psalmist who wrote this particular psalm, he knew it too. Just one psalm earlier in Psalm 22, David's in real trouble. It begins by his explosion. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A very famous piece of scripture, Jesus spoke these words on the cross when he took the sin of the world on his shoulders and was indeed separated from God. But in this context, David wasn't separated from God. He was just having a real bad day. The entire psalm is an explosion. Go read it. It's an explosion of feelings from anger to faith and back to anger. and It's just crazy. You know, whether it was a pandemic or a battle gone wrong or a relationship failure, David gets to the heart of the matter. Life can be hard and it can feel like God is distant and we question his goodness. But then David recalls his early years of being a shepherd boy and reminds himself of who God really is and where he can place his hope in his caring shepherd and lavish host. And so do we. This invitation comes in two parts, reflecting two aspects of God's character that essentially mean the same thing. We can trust that God will guide, provide and protect us throughout life when we humble ourselves and follow his lead. We are not the author and finisher of our faith stories. Jesus is. God is referred to throughout Old Testament scripture as a shepherd and in John 10:11 I think it is Jesus is named as the good shepherd. Throughout the Bible it is established that Father, Son and Holy Spirit lead, guide, protect, provide for us. You know it could probably take a month of Sundays to unpackage every aspect of this passage. I can hear Pastor Chris saying go for it, go for it girl. I'll give you a month of Sundays. But I'm just going to briefly talk through the chapter and I hope you'll go away and meditate on it, pray about it and do your own reading. So the first section, I'm just going to uh, reread it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is the shepherd. This first part of the chapter really feels like a soaking, doesn't it? It's nice. The images of calm streams of water and lush grass and restoration and safe and smooth paths. It's like a deep exhale. That's great. But if we dig a little deeper, it is much more significant and powerful than this. A shepherd's job was to lead, protect and care for his sheep. In this part of the world, in in its biblical context, shepherds lead from the front. I think often we see these images of the the shepherd behind sort of, you know, 
ushering the sheep along, but that's not how it's, it was done. And it's not done like this in this part of the world. They lead from the front to make sure the path ahead is safe. Sheep, the only animals on earth who rely on humans, have to trust that their shepherd knows where to lead them and when. David had to lead his sheep through the rocky, steep and dry Judean hills to get to the lush valley below. We're not thinking island here where it's all lush and green and you can just stop wherever you like to let your sheep have a feed. It's very different. The sheep had to be led very carefully not to stumble. And the shepherd also had to be very careful to avoid being in the grassy gorge when it rained as the area was prone to flash flooding and his sheep could drown. There you go. So the shepherd had to wait patiently with his sheep in a safe place until the storm ceased. As we reflect, I think we need to trust God that in what looks like a difficult place, he's leading us along a certain way because he knows the where and when of our lives. We need to remember that God knows everything and he has prepared a way for us. Author, uh, Christian author Lisa Turkhurst says, we have to trust that God's timing is perfect and his provision is good. And then, and then we lead, move on to he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What does this mean? It means that literally the reputation of God is at stake in the way he leads. So we can trust he will do it perfectly, both for our good and for the sake of his name. Another useful bit of information I discovered is that the Hebrew word for paths is referring to well-worn paths or deep ruts indicating the safest paths carved out and formed over time. So it's not got a negative connotation. These are good, good ruts. Generations of shepherds have wisely followed these safe paths, returning season after season to lead their flocks. Isn't that incredible? Perhaps we can reflect on paths in the same way. What precious revelations can we return to when we need to remind ourselves God is leading us? And David did exactly that in, in this psalm. Once a shepherd himself, he recalls the goodness of God as his shepherd. He protected David and his flock of sheep. In God's power, David killed a lion and a bear to protect them. Then later, that gave David confidence that he could take on the giant Goliath and win. God provided for David in those battles. And now when David is in trouble, he returns to this revelation of the truth that God leads him carefully and always protects him. Maybe for you and me, it was our salvation moment when God revealed an aspect of his character. Or maybe it was when he provided for you financially in an impossible situation. Or maybe it was an opportunity that opened up at work that just seemed impossible. And what did we learn about God in these moments? 
These moments have been carved out in our hearts and we can return to them when we are unsure and afraid about the path we are on. One of these moments for me, and I've, I've talked about it before and I will keep talking about it till the day I die because it is real and powerful to me, is my salvation encounter moment. God revealed himself to me as pure peace. Inexplicably, I knew that everything was somehow going to be okay because he was with me. And now when I'm doubting or afraid, I return to this moment, this carved out place, this worn path, and I feel the presence of the Prince of Peace. And if we move on, next comes the most raw and real and possibly dramatic part of the passage. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Wow. Apparently the, the valleys and the ravines of Palestine are indeed perilous. They're filled with caves and caverns that are shadowed, hiding danger, like animals of prey. But when the shepherd is with his sheep, he can comfort them and protect them. You know, the shadow of death, this hits home for me. I'm sure it can hit home for you. I think we can all say we've been in a place where we've hit rock bottom and it feels like it could be the end. But can I encourage you? It says the word through. The valley of the shadow of death is not a destination. Amen. It is something we walk through and get to the other side with God as our guide. So I want to encourage you next time we are being honest with our feelings which is really good, isn't it, Pastor Vicky? We need to be honest. But let's remember this truth. Even though things are hard, with God in the lead, we will make it through. If it was just up to me, I wouldn't make it. But thank God it's not up to me. We can say, look, things are really tough right now and I feel rotten, but I know God's going to bring me through this. And God gets the glory. There is so much purpose in trying times. You know, I reflect on this for myself. I can say that this is true. You know, as, as some of you know, we've had a lot of health issues in our family, you know, really scary and destructive and potentially life-ending health issues. And there have honestly been some incredibly dark moments. And I have to confess, I haven't always remembered this truth as much as I could have and studying this psalm again this week has been such a great reminder God is in the lead and he is always leading me and you through and forward there's always a way through with God and the valley of the shadow of death is not our destination let me speak to your heart today it is not your destination either and when we are trusting God in this and it is visible to others, all the glory goes to God and he has a way in to start changing hearts. 
Isn't that incredible? And if we move on, you know, I was talking with my sister Ash about this passage and she goes, oh, while you're at it, can you explain this whole table in the front of my enemy's business? Because it seems a little like we're talking about the shepherd and then it shifts. And it was great. I was reading as I was preparing. I, I, I dug into the Bible commentaries and gave a great explanation. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And then it moves on to the last part. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So this section can be a little bit confusing as it changes from the shepherd leading to the extravagant host providing. Both sections are reflecting the same message though. Powerful protection and lavish provision are given to those following Jesus. In this historical context, hosting someone for a meal was a really significant event. It's not just pop on over, it was a big deal. One Bible commentary uh, reads, In the Orient, the host was obligated not only to entertain the guest, but to protect him from his enemies. And when once the meal of hospitality had been partaken, so once had eaten, all the power and the strength of the host became assured to the guest. He was now safe and secure and his enemies were powerless to injure him. And from this time forth, he was the guest and friend of the host and he would be protected and defended by him. How incredible. It gives me shivers. It gives me tingles. What an incredible picture. The host was not only expected to entertain and provide a bountiful meal, but once the guest crossed the threshold of the host's residence, the guest was claimed as a forever friend and would have sanctuary forevermore. What a beautiful truth. Once we declare Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour, we are promised provision and protection. Like the sheep being surrounded by beasts in the valley, at the table we are also protected from the enemies knocking at our door. We can eat safely even though our enemies are present. God never promised that we won't encounter opposition but he does promise to be with us. And that is everything. Nathan, can I? Then we come to David's conclusion. With God as his caring shepherd and his abundant host, this psalmist is sure that he will always be protected by God's unfailing love. And today we can be assured of the same truth. God will protect us because of his love for us. We can accept this invitation of God's leading daily by continually returning to his word, which Jesus describes as daily bread. We need to consume the truth of the Bible several times a day, just like we do food. This will ensure that we continually humble ourselves and let the Holy Spirit lead us. It means that the attacks of the enemies don't penetrate because we are so full 
of the grace and the truth of Jesus. And that goes for singing praises too. We sang all the words we sang were from the Bible. They're truths of the Word of God. And we sang, well, uh, my weapon is a melody. Absolutely. You're declaring the promises of God. And another key thing I've noticed about this passage is that a shepherd doesn't lead just one sheep. He leads a flock. The shepherd is responsible for, for keeping a community together. The Holy Spirit leads us all as a community. And as a community, we encourage each other and keep one another on the path. Gosh, isn't this the most wonderful invitation? This is the best verse. This is the best passage. It's an invitation we as Christians need to accept every day. You know, from the moment our eyes open in the morning, our feet hit the floor, God, you are my shepherd. But there is also an initial invitation that God wants us to accept, to invite Jesus into our lives, to be our Lord, our leader, that means, and Saviour. Accepting what Jesus did on the cross to wipe out our sins and reconcile us with God will begin our journey with our loving Father. And we do this by praying a prayer that says, sorry, please, and thank you. Sorry, God, for trying to do things my way. Please forgive me and thank you for sending Jesus, you know, declaring that he is your saviour. There's a story in the New Testament where the shepherd goes after one sheep that goes astray. And like that shepherd, Jesus loves and cares for you and wants you to be a part of his flock. If you're online today and that's you, you want to you want to pray this prayer, please press the raise hand button. This will open a private chat window with our chat host and uh, the chat host can lead you through this prayer and the next steps. And if you're here in the room and that's you, I'll be up the front here after the service for a little while. And if you want to pray that prayer, I'd love to lead you through that. I encourage you again to go away and study this passage in your own time, to uncover the truths. There was so much I wanted to cover today, but I just didn't have time for. Maith and I were ruthless last night, red pen, <laughs> going through it. But before we, before we leave this place, I just want to pause and pray for a moment. And so why don't you close your eyes? Let's just have a moment of reflection and prayer. Thank you, Lord. Perhaps you could think about what God has revealed to you today. What about him as your good shepherd and lavish host has touched your heart today? Let's just take a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
pray that as our feet hit the floor each morning, we declare that you are our shepherd. You are in the lead in our lives and we don't need to fear or to fret. You provide for us in every way. We declare that we leave a trail of your love and goodness wherever we go. All the glory to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.